A prophetic warning for Paul. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. I hope you're doing well, and it's good to be back with you today uh, studying together. And we're moving on in Acts chapter 21. Today we're going to be looking at the section between verses 7 and 16. Quite a lot of ground to cover, um, but uh, sort of one centrally uh, interesting and uh, meaningful um, aspect to this passage, which kind of sets up this particular uh, moment where a prophetic utterance is spoken over Paul uh, in warning of his desire to travel back to Jerusalem. So before we get into the text, uh, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Thank you so much for your word. Lord, we're just grateful. We're grateful for a new day. We're grateful for a fresh start. We're grateful for your word and the way it guides and instructs us. Father, speak as you are always faithful to do, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's Acts 21, 7 through 16. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemais, and we greeted the brothers and stayed with them for one day. On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. In coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit. This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the people there urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be in prison, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, Let the will of the Lord be done. After these days, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem, and some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us, bringing us to the house of Nason of Cyprus, an early disciple with whom we we should lodge. So um, they were on a ship uh, beginning to make their way to Jerusalem, and um, they, uh, on their way from Tyre, they came to Caesarea. And uh, Luke tells us that they entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, um, and, he, and they stayed with him. Uh, Luke tells us that Philip had four unmarried daughters who were prophetesses. They prophesied. And while they were staying in the house for a number of days, a prophet came down from Judea. This prophet was named Agabus. And he took Paul's belt and he bound his own hands and feet with that belt and then uttered these words uh, from the Holy Spirit that what he was enacting in their presence was what was going to happen to the owner of this belt uh, by the Jews who he would encounter in Jerusalem. So um, the Spirit was giving Agabus insight into what was to come for Paul in Jerusalem, that he would be bound, that he would be imprisoned, and um, that things would not go well for Paul if he returned to Jerusalem. Now, Paul's companions were trying to encourage him not to go, 
um, to avoid <laughs> having those things happen. But Paul's response in verse 13 is very, very interesting. And it's it's in the spiritual, right? This is not in the flesh. This is not a human response. This is Paul speaking in the spiritual about um, his destiny and his understanding of his destiny and his readiness to suffer for the name of Jesus. Paul says, what are you doing? You're weeping and you're breaking my heart and you're telling me I shouldn't go to Jerusalem. But hear me when I say this. I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of Jesus. It's powerful. That's powerful. Paul um, accounted his own life um, as nothing compared to the cause of Christ. (laughs) And uh, we see him say that later in his letters uh, where he says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That which was my gain, I now consider loss. And uh, so Paul had a loose grip on this earthly life. So his priorities, spiritually speaking, were right. Um, He valued Jesus above uh, anything the world had to offer. And so the problem for many of us is that we cling too tightly to this life. Uh, And when we're clinging too tightly to this life, the mission of God, the purposes of God, the ministry of God in the world will take a back seat to our concerns and our needs and our wants and our desires And um, so Paul had shifted (laughs) his attention. Paul had shifted from uh, tightly gripping this earthly life and um, instead clung to Jesus. Um, He had a tight grip on Jesus. And my friends, there's something to be said about that. And there's something important for us in that is when our grip on Jesus tightens, our grip on this world loosens (laughs) and the importance of this world and the things of this world and the ways of this world matter so much less to us when our grip on Jesus is tight and firm. How's your grip? Uh, How's your grip on Jesus? Is it tight and firm? Are you holding on to him? Are you clinging to Jesus, Uh, depending on him, leaning into him, trusting in him, or are you still ultimately trusting in this life and the things of this life? Well, I'm challenged by that, and I hope you are too, and I'm grateful for this uh, little vignette because it gives us a window into what's coming for Paul, and uh, it also gives us a window into Paul's spiritual resolve, his spiritual heart. Uh, He was clinging to Jesus, and the things of this world mattered not to him, and uh, may we live like that. May we live like Paul. May we have a loose grip on the things of this life and a tight grip on Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for taking time out of your day to study. And I pray that you'll come back and uh, do it again tomorrow, Lord willing. Take care.